This is a worldview devotional. Do not love the world or the things that are in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, is not of the Father, but of the world. And the world is passing away, and the lust of it, but he who does the will of God abides forever. The New Testament uses the term world or cosmos in three main ways. First, world can mean the created world. God created the world in six days. Second, it can denote the human population in that created world. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. But third, world can mean something quite negative. That's generally John's meaning. By world, John means the present satanic system of life that pervades the created world. He means the created world as well as the people in the world as they have been corrupted by sin. When John says don't love the world, he doesn't mean we shouldn't love the creation. He obviously doesn't mean we shouldn't love people created in God's image. He means we shouldn't love this evil sinful system that surrounds us. In our time, the world, the world in John's negative sense, consists of radical autonomy, of unbelief, of greed, of prayerlessness, abortion, self-centeredness, racism, Phariseeism, homosexuality, transgenderism, covenant-breaking, ideological feminism, machismo, hatred, and much more. Young people, the world includes body modification and porn and rebellion against parents and pot and sleeping around. This is the system within God's created world that is governed by Satan and his hosts. John says this satanic world is passing away. No matter how strong it seems, No matter how entrenched it appears, it is temporary and transitory. By contrast, he who does the will of God abides forever. John is essentially telling us that there are two worlds, two gods, two ways, two destinies. There's God's world, and there is the the alt world. You might know that prefix alt. It refers to alternative. It's used mainly of musical genre today. There's alt rock and alt country and alt folk and so on. Back when I was listening to music in the 60s and 70s, way back in the olden times, there wasn't any alt. There was just like country and rock and folk. And now there's alt everything. By the alt-world, I mean Satan's counterfeit alternative to God's good created world. That world is your enemy. I want to describe a sequence of how the alt-world incrementally affects our thinking and actions and lives 
as Christians and warn us not to be seduced by the satanic alt-world. What's this sequence of worldliness? First, the abnormal world becomes normative for us. The true normal world is the world that God created. He created it to be very good, precisely what God intended. It was a world into which his love and truth and law are woven. A world created for man and woman to inhabit. Man was called to steward that world and the plants and animals for God's glory. That's called the cultural mandate. Everywhere man turned, he encountered the glory of God. This unhindered presence of God surrounded him. But man, through the serpent's temptation, sinned. As a result of this sin, God cursed the creation. The creation did not become evil. Creation is not evil. But it did become the battleground between good and evil. It bore the scars of sin. And sin always produces scars. At that point, Satan's strategy was to make God's world his world. To commandeer God's world. And that's the world that John is talking about. Satan labors to transform God's world into his image. He works to convince man that God's world is strange, bizarre, harsh, unloving, and just plain boring. That was just his appeal to Eve in Genesis 3. Eve, come live in my world. God doesn't have your best interest at heart. God hasn't let you eat this delicious fruit. In my world, you can eat it. God doesn't want you to know all that he knows. In my world, I'll let you know everything. God has lied to you, but I'm telling you the way things really are. Satan is proposing not just that Adam and Eve disobey. He's not just inviting them to rebel. He's offering them an entirely different world. He's offering them a different reality. We all know that what surrounds us tends to become normal to us. We listen to accounts of adults that were born into an impoverished life. They say, oh, we were dirt poor, but we didn't feel sorry for ourselves because we didn't know it. Poverty was our normality. We felt fine about our situation. It was only later when they encountered a middle-class lifestyle or wealth that they knew what they were missing as children. Poverty had been their normality, their world. In the same way, Satan diabolically deconstructs God's world. He makes evil to seem good and good evil. He engineers a new world in which his ways become ordinary, acceptable, normal. And God's ways are out of the mainstream. God's ways are strange, weird, bizarre. Satan's ways are the ways by which all alternatives are judged. If you attend a firm Bible-believing evangelical church, you're a Jesus freak. Normal people keep their religion to themselves and don't emphasize it. It's okay to be religious, just don't be fanatical about it. Or young people all engage in premarital sex. I mean, how can you know 
until you experiment. That's the normal way. People who remain virgins until marriage are the weird ones, the strange ones. But Satan works more broadly in a society. In our own culture, he unleashes a war on God's law, even on reality. To say that only a single male may marry a single female isn't fair. To say that a pregnant woman can't dispose of her unborn child if it's inconvenient is anti-woman. To say that the state shouldn't use tax money to try to re-engineer society is greedy. To say that gender is not fluid is to deny people the right to determine their own existence. In these ways and hundreds of others, Satan marginalizes God's world, the real world. He then superimposes his own depraved world that he offers to man as normal. He offers his own alt world. Satan is the alt god. Antichrist is the alt Christ. Marxism is the alt gospel. Socialism is the alt economics. Progressivism is the alt eschatology. Darwinism is the alt science. Statism is the alt politics. Tolerance is the alt love. LGBTQ plus is the alt sexuality. Public schools are the alt education. Globalism is the alt unity. The World Council of Churches is the alt Catholicity. Modernism is the alt architecture. The egalitarian society is the alt heaven. And cancel culture is the alt hell. Second, the normal world becomes illusory. Satan doesn't simply work to make God's world abnormal. He works in Christians' lives to make it illusory. He wants it to drift into the mists of our minds so that it becomes not just abnormal, but unreal. The book of Judges speaks of the ancient Jews. There arose another generation who did not know the Lord or the work that he had done for Israel. God and his great works were foreign to them. So they turned away from God to another world, Satan's world. We can easily detect evidence of this illusory world. We come into church on Sunday and we sing praises about our Lord who died and rose, and, and he seems far, far away. We speak about prayer and answers to prayer and think that this is simply coincidence. The pastor preaches and we think, this sounds fine, and I'm, I'm sure some of it's true, I'm sure that he believes this, but it really has no meaning in my world. My world is the world of new dresses and video games and or real estate deals, or parties, or hanging out with friends. The church world is another world to me. I can't begin to tell you how dangerous this thinking and living is. It's a form of dualism. It relegates God's world to heaven and the ethereal. In this way, even otherwise devout Christians develop two separate worlds, the inner godly world and the outer, ungodly, but real world. The godly world is the world of prayer and Bible reading and preaching on Sunday, but that world is really an illusory, temporary world. It's for the part of our lives that has no real world meaning. We mouth its words and phrases, but it doesn't capture our soul. But the outer, ungodly world, the operationally atheistic world, 
That is the world that does have meaning for us. This is the world where we don't even consider God's truth or standards or activity. Or if so, they're far pushed to the horizons of our mind. We don't stop to pray about God's doing his work in that world. We don't ask what God's word has to say about what we purchase or how we vote or what music we listen to or whose friends our children may choose. Satan's world is the real world and God's world is the shadow, the shadow world. Jesus taught just the opposite. We are to pray that God's will be done here on earth just as it is in heaven. What occurs in church every Sunday, that is God's world. The created world as it is intended to be. And that should be your world and mine on Monday through Saturday. How then, finally, do we recover the reality of God's world? Are we destined to live in the reality of Satan's world? That's my final point. God in Christ and his spirit is deconstructing the alt world and reviving the normal world. John writes that Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. On the cross, Jesus triumphed over the satanic powers. The writer of Hebrews plainly states, Jesus came to destroy the devil. In destroying the devil, Jesus is destroying the devil's world. That is why John writes that this world is disappearing. Jesus, you see, is ripping away the superimposed satanic world. The uh, British exegete B.F. Westcott, in talking about that text, had a beautiful metaphor. He said, Satan is always trying to put a screen over, a screen over God's true world to lead us to believe that is the real world. The alt world keeps us from God's love and joy and power. It keeps us from answered prayer. It keeps us from his law that graciously orders our life and the life of the entire true world. Satan's artificial alt world keeps us from a wholesome intimacy with our brothers and sisters. It keeps us from joyous marriages and peaceful churches. It keeps us from a society governed by God's law. This is the false world that Jesus came to rip away. He didn't come only to rescue souls for heaven. He did that for sure. He came, however, to destroy all of the works of the devil, including the devil's mega work of superimposing his world, his alt world, on God's true world. How do we re-encounter that world after Satan has superimposed his world? Even as Christians, that world can seem illusory. Well, we re-encounter that world just as we initially encountered it by faith. It's important to understand that the created world does not lead us away from God. The created world does not lead us away from God. If that were the case, Adam and Eve would likely have sinned just by looking at creation. Creation is very good. It is Satan's interpretation of the created world that leads us away from God. Every day, Satan surrounds us with his interpretation of the created world. And we encounter it every waking moment. Did God really mean what he said? 
Look at that beautiful thing God forbids. Wouldn't you like to have that? God doesn't want you to be happy. Follow me. I'll make you happy. Faith responds to Satan and Eve as Eve should have responded in Eden. I'm going to trust God's interpretation of the created world, Satan, and not yours. That's why we must immerse ourselves in the Bible. The Bible reveals to us God's interpretation of the world. It tells us how we're to look at and act about our family and friends and our minds and our bodies and our possessions and love and sex and law and politics and music and popular culture. Our goal by the Spirit of God is to destabilize, delegitimize, and deconstruct the alt world. And to reassert the normal world, the real world. And of this we can be confident. The abnormal, artificial world is passing away. It is temporary. The created world is not temporary. One day the created world will be purified, according to 2 Peter 3. And after the resurrection, God and heaven will descend to dwell with men on this refined and resurrected and very material world eternally. But even today, God, through Jesus Christ, is gradually pushing the abnormal world into the mists of time, into the shadows, and eventually that alt-world will be pressed into oblivion. This is why every faithful work we do, every faithful work we do is valuable. That world will stand the test of time. Our work today, godly work, will contribute to the reestablishment of the normal world. All sin, all evil, all perversion that presently seems so powerful, so pervasive, is actually transitory and temporary. An unbeliever once cited a theologian friend of mine, R.J. Verstuni. You Christians don't live in the real world. And he was very quick-witted, and he responded, the real world hasn't existed since Genesis 3. God decides what is normal, and his world is normal. Father, may these truths rest deeply in our hearts. Forgive us for capitulating to the alt world. Lord, forgive us when we allow your good created world and that reality to become an illusion drifting off into the mist of our minds such that we can barely see it. Lord, revive in our hearts and minds the real world. And thank you, O God, that you are gradually reimposing the real world and that the alt world is passing away. We pray it, Father, in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, the recreator through his death and resurrection of the real world. We pray in his name.